Well, we're in a series, meaning I take a topic and we talk about it for several weeks. We started a new one at the beginning of the year called Predecided, and we always, almost always have new folks joining us. So you can connect with us on Facebook or the website or YouTube if you want to catch the first couple in this series. But today, uh, the subtitle is Better Choices, Better Life. Today's topic is I Am Devoted. We're talking about predeciding things. And today we're going to talk about predeciding to be devoted. Now, I want to start off with something that someone um, four or five months ago came and asked me. They said, you know, I want to get closer to God. How can I get closer to God? That's a really good question. And um, or even connect with God originally, right? And I, I found this kind of strange correlation between that question and my fulfillment or sense of fulfillment and purpose in life. When I'm feeling really fulfilled and, and find, have purpose, and I'm not asking that question, is this all there is, you know, getting up in the morning, going to work, coming home, blah, 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 taking care of those with your children. Uh, there's got to be more to life than that. But when I'm cl closely connected with God, I have this sense of fulfillment and peace and I tend not to ask that question. So, it's a good question. So, that's where we're going to go today, but let's review a little bit. Um, we're talking about the quality of decisions determine the quality of our lives, right? I make good decisions financially, I'm going to be a good place financially. I make poor decisions financially, I'm going to be in a not so good a place. Relationally, real important. I make good relationship decisions, my relationships are good. When I don't make good relationship decisions, they're not so good. Any area of health issues, whatever it might be. We put it this way also. We make our decisions and our decisions make us. So, I won't tell you how long time ago, but a long time ago I met this person, um, Debbie Jenkins, and I married her, all right? Um, I made that decision, probably one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. And I, consequently, she has made me a better person, right? Of course, most important one is my relationship to Seth Jesus, and of course, he's made me a different person. So, good decisions, good results, bad decisions, bad results. So we're calling this the power of pre-deciding, because when we're in the, the emotions or the pressure of the moment, we often make not so good decisions that we would have made better if we had thought about it longer. So if we can think about it ahead of time, it avoids the mistakes that we make under pressure or under the emotions of the moment. And so we've got a fill-in phrase we're going to use each week. It goes like this. When faced with, we, well, two weeks ago we talked about when I'm faced with temptation, I'm going to pre-decide to be ready. And we talked about some ways to be ready for temptation so we don't give in. Last week we talked about being consistent. So, when I find myself not being consistent with my diet and exercise or my relationships or my finances, then I predecided to be consistent. We talked about some ways we can do that. Now, a component for this is, with God's help, I am devoted. Right? With God's help, I'm consistent. With God's help, I am ready to resist or face temptation. And week one, we talked about a verse that describes this concept of pre-deciding. This is something Jesus said in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. The beginning of his ministry, he said a whole bunch of stuff. 
It's in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Right in the middle, he, he mentions this. Seek, but seek first the, his kingdom or God's kingdom. Seek the kingdom of God first, right? And his righteousness, doing what he wants us to do, doing what's right. And all these things, all the other aspects of life will kind of take care of themselves. They'll be given to you as well. So, what we seek first is what we are devoted to, right? It's our priority number one. So, we need to pre-decide that we're going to be devoted. <clears throat> so, I've got a kind of a phrase we're going to use this, this morning. It goes like this. I will seek first the one who matters most, depending on what matters most to you or what matters most. I am devoted to Jesus. I will seek first the one who matters most. I am devoted to Jesus. Now, I try to get people in the first service to repeat this after me. They didn't do so good. So, you guys are going to do better, right? All right. So, let's, let's do it. I will seek first the one who matters most. I am devoted to Jesus. All right, I think it did a little bit better than first service. Anyway, all right. So what does it mean to be devoted to Jesus? If I'm going to be devoted to Jesus, what does it mean? So I thought, okay, where's a good place to look? Well, let's go back to the beginning of the church, the first century, the first believers. Jesus came to earth, had his ministry, nailed to a cross, cruelly treated, executed, rose again from the dead on the third day, conquered death for us, and uh, hung around for like 40 days, went into heaven. And then 10 days later, something happened. The church was born, okay? We call it Pentecost. The Holy Spirit came. Peter, one of the disciples, preaches his sermon, and 3,000 people became Jesus followers, disciples, right? So the church started off, bang, with 3,000 people. So what did they do? What did these 3,000 people do? Well, at first, the second chapter of Acts tells us exactly what they did. And it even has our word in it, right? They, the early believers, they were devoted. They devoted themselves. Four things, right? Here's what they did. devoted themselves. So obviously to Jesus, but in devoting themselves to Jesus, here's the four things they devoted themselves to. Apostles' teaching, the fellowship, we would say doing life together, community, whatever. The breaking of bread, sharing meals together, and the prayer. So I don't know what else is included in being devoted to Jesus, but I would say these four things would be, right? Devoted to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, interacting with other believers, sharing, even sharing meals together with other believers, something intimate about that, and, of course, to prayer. Now, the text, uh, the tense of the verb devoting in the Greek means an ongoing, continual process, right? So I don't devote myself to Jesus as taken care of. I'm devoting 24-7, ongoing. I'm devoting myself to Jesus. I'm devoting myself to apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Um, heard this before, but especially since COVID, I don't need to go to church, quote-unquote, to be a Christian, and technically, that's true. The thief on the cross, he got saved and he died. He never returned to the church service in his whole entire life, right? But is that how I am devoted to Jesus? 
not according to the first century church, and they just exploded, and they turned the world upside down. It was amazing. So I call them Lone Ranger Christians. Can you be a Lone Ranger Christian? Not according to the teachings of the New Testament. You can't do it. You can't do it well, and you are depriving other people of doing it well by not being part of the community. So what happened? They devoted themselves to these four things. What happened? Well, just read one more verse. We'll see what happens. A deep sense of awe or, or reverence or devotion to God came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. So ministry got done. They were impacting the world and the people around them. So seek first God. And if you read the New Testament, it's an amazing demonstration of love and ministry took place. But it starts with being we can use the word connected or devoted to Jesus. We'll talk about that more in a minute. So again, they were devoted to the things that made them close to God. Okay? I'm devoted to this because it makes me devoted or close to God. I'm devoted to this. It made me close to God. I'm devoted to this, etc., etc. They had a, had a, a single-minded focus. Our minds are so scattered, aren't they? There's so much distraction in life. They had a single-minded focus. I'm going to be devoted to Jesus, so to be devoted to Jesus, I'm going to do this, this, and this. So again, here's our statement. I will seek first the one who matters most. I am devoted to Jesus. Now, when I look at the church, especially the American church, and I look at Acts 2, does that sound like the American church today? It doesn't sound much like the American church that I'm aware of. So, let's, let's um, editorialize Acts 4, 2.42, all right, to describe the modern church, American church. So, this is the modern church version or the modern American church version. They, or us, are devoted ourselves to ourselves. We continually and passionately pursue a self-centered life of comfort and ease. I think that better describes the church of today than, than Acts does, doesn't it? And that's it. Obviously, it's sad. Hopefully, it doesn't describe you and I, right? So, I want to give you, try and give you some perspective on this. So, I'm going to put a number on the screen. Nobody knew what this number was for in the first service. Maybe somebody does here. Does that number mean anything to anybody? Next week I'll ask and everybody will know, right? That's how many hours you and I have in a week. We all have the same amount, right? We all have 168 hours in a, in a week. Now, assuming you sleep eight hours a night and assuming you have a job or go to school, you already eliminate about two-thirds of that, right? So consequently, you're down to 56 hours just from school or work and sleep, right? right? Down to 56. The statistics I came across said that the average person spends 16 to 17 hours on social media a week. 
Now, some of that might include something spiritual, uh, but it might not. And hopefully, I don't spend that much time, so some of you are spending more, more time than that, right? So now we're down to 40 hours a week. All right, so we have all the things we have to do in our lives, right? Um, taking care of our house, taking care of our lawn, taking care of our cars, paying the bills, going grocery shopping, fixing food, cleaning it up, cleaning the house. Um, most of us either watch TV or gaming or reading or some combination of the three. If you're binge watching something. So uh, if you've got kids, you take them to piano lessons, dance lessons, swimming lessons, sports, whatever it might be. You start adding all that stuff up, and one statistic I said comes, you wind up with one hour left. And we haven't mentioned God at all. One hour left out of 168 hours. Now, let me ask you something. If I devote one hour a week to something, would you call that devotion? Those of you who are married, if you gave your spouse an hour a week, would you think you were devoted to them? I don't think so. Parents, if you gave your children one hour a week, they'd probably take your kids away from you, wouldn't they? Um, so, I got one hour left to devote to God, whether it's personal devotions at home. or your, If you came here this morning, your hour's already used up, right? You, you know, it's just, it, it's just amazing. Um, if I gave myself one hour to to exercise. Do you think I would be have the body I would want? No, it never happened in one hour a week, right? One hour to my spouse, I'd never have a, a growing uh, relationship to my spouse. And so it's easy to get to the place where this all, you know, I get in a rat race. We call it a rat race, right? And I get in a rat race of life. It's easy to get to the place. Is this all there is? I get up, I go to work, I take care of the kids, I take care of the house, fall into bed at night. So, getting closer to God. It's not going to happen by accident, is it? And we're going to wind up with an hour or less a week. So, what does it mean to be predecided to be devoted to Jesus? We're going to use an illustration that Jesus shared with us. And this next picture will demonstrate it. Um, we have vineyards around here now. Years ago, we didn't seem to have many, but we have vineyards around here, so most of us can relate to this. Now, uh, back in Jesus' day, of course, that was very familiar with vineyards. So this is in John chapter 15. Now, the amazing thing about this, this is the last night of Jesus' life. 24 hours later, he's going to be dead. And he's gathered with his disciples, and he's cramming his last teachings into them. And so he uses this one illustration. It says, I am the vine, so we know who Jesus is. My Father God is the gardener. All right, so where, where do we fit into the picture, right? Next, uh, verse 4 says this. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, speaking to us. Remind, remain in me, and I'll remain in you, just as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Remain in me, I'm the vine, so who are you and I? We're the branch, right? Figure that out. And the branch can only bear fruit if it's connected to the vine, right? Simple illustration. 
unless it remains in the mind, so neither can you unless you remain in me. So he's saying, okay, you and I are like a branch. God is connected to the vine. And if we're connected to the vine, we can bear fruit. As long as we're connected, we can bear fruit. The vine, the branch bears fruit. So what is spiritual fruit? We can figure this a couple different ways. We'll just figure it one, this, one way this morning. Uh, Paul, Paul describes us or tells us what this is in Galatians chapter 5. He says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of, notice the word fruit is singular in our lives. So this is like an apple or an orange. It has lots of aspects. When I was younger, I used to say, yeah, I do pretty good at this one and this one, but these, these couple others I don't do so good. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit works all these aspects into my character and your character, or should be. So here it is. This fruit, what's this fruit look like? Well, an apple might be red on the outside and white on the inside, etc. Well, th this fruit of you and I is this. Love, joy, peace, patience. That's a tough one for me. <laughs> Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are byproducts of Christ's control. These aren't things I do. Eventually, I do them. Let me ask you this, those of you who might struggle with patience or self-control, you ever, we've all done this, right? I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, and what happens? You do it eventually, don't you? Because that's me trying to do it. It's, it's just fascinating how this works. As I turn over control to Jesus, these things are just an outflowing of our lives. So I become more loving, not because I tried more harder, just because I was connected more or devoted more to Jesus, and this love comes out of me. It's really cool how it happens. Then he says there's no law against these things. Two ways to look at this. One is it fulfills the laws. If you're doing all these things, you don't have to worry about the Ten Commandments, do you? It's basically covered. The other thing is we are doing those things by doing What's listed here? So then our life is full of what matters. What matters in life is joy, peace, and patience, etc. So we just began reading this illustration. So we're going to read the whole illustration. And we do, I want you to look for a word. This word shows up 11 times in this text. So if it shows up 11 times, it's probably a pretty important word, right? All right, so here we go. Go back to verse 4. Remain in me and I will remain in you, just as the branch can't bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. Next verse. <clears throat> I am the vine, you are the branches. So he says it really clear here. Jesus is the vine, you and I are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. So as long as I'm connected, I'm not bearing a, a, giving up, getting a little fruit, I'm getting a lot of fruit, right? Flip side is because apart from me or disconnected, you can't accomplish anything. So, connected, I'm prolific, detached, nothing. In fact, he says that in the next verse. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown out like a branch and dries up. Such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and are burned up. Got the word yet? 
keep reading. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want. Now, there's some bad theology around this. <clears throat> it's Jesus saying, you can just ask anything you want, I'm going to give it to you. Was well, that your experience? Anybody? No, you've you got to remember the first part. If I remain in, me, in, in, in Jesus, if I stay connected to him, my basic prayer is, Jesus, I want what you want, right? Let your will be done. And it'll be done. My Father, God is honored by this. How is he honored? That we bear much fruit. We demonstrate. He's going to talk about um, that. Um, and show that you are my disciple. This is evidence that you're a disciple. Oh, I'm more loving. I'm more patient. I'm more kind. Oh, that's evidence to me. It's evidence to other people that I'm connected, devoted to Jesus, to the vine. And he goes on. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you'll remain in my love, just as I obeyed my Father's commandments and remain in his love. And then he says, I told you these things. Why? So that you'll be filled with joy. That was one of those nine aspects, right? You'll be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will be overflowing. Now, I'm just thinking, 24 hours later, are they, have they got a lot of joy? This Jesus, they thought was the Messiah, was the Messiah, just to die. He said, no, 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 no. Remain connected to me. Remain in me. And you will have joy. Life has all kinds of ups and downs, doesn't it? It's interesting. People come in. I sometimes ask, how are they doing? They ask me how I'm doing. If we're serious, sometimes, hey, I'm doing pretty good. Hey, I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing so good. I'm, I'm struggling. Whatever. But Jesus said, ups or downs. You and I should be filled with joy. So here, here it is. The Greek word is meno. Um, you got the word, right? Eleven times. Abide, right? This translation. Some translations say dwell. It literally means to live in, right? So I'm living in connection with Jesus. I'm abiding in, I'm dwelling in. Now, can't be one hour a week, can it? We wouldn't call that abiding or dwelling or living in. So to state the obvious, I put it on your outline. The branch needs the vine. Can't do it without the vine. In fact, we're dead without the vine. Can't produce any fruit. So, priority number one is what? Being devoted or being connected. So, your assignment, my assignment, is to be the branch, right? Not try and be the vine. Not try and be independent of the vine. But be the branch. Intentionally connected for life. 24-7, connected. Now, thought about some way to make this practical, so how do we live this out? Either in person, or individually, or in a group. First, pre-decide a time. Pre-decide a time to step, make sure you're connected or stay connected. Sometimes call this your devotion time, your private devotions, whatever. <clears throat> so, 
My time is in the morning, but not first thing in the morning. I used to do it first thing in the morning, but I always had all this stuff I'm thinking about I got to do during the day. Like, what's the weather going to be like? So when I first get up, I check the weather app. I check and see if somebody, there's some emergency email or I don't read all my email, but see if there was a, some email that was critical for me to take care of, some text or whatever it might be. Sometimes I might even eat breakfast because stomach rumble can distract you sometimes. But anyway, so that's the way I just do it. So sometime early in the morning, I have a time set aside to connect or reconnect or stay connected to Jesus. Predecide a place. And most of you, many, I don't know how many of you, some of you have been to our house. My wife has an office and I have an office. Now, the most important person is to have the biggest office, right? Who has the biggest office at our house? Deb, most important person, right? She has the biggest office. Now, she does her devotions in the morning at her desk. I have a desk, but I also have a chair. In the, well, she has a couple chairs in her office. But I have a chair in the corner by the window. And that's where I devote, if you want to use that word. All right? A couple reasons. That's the most comfortable place I am. I also by the window, and when I get a message from God or something I need to meditate on, I like to meditate on it looking out the window. I live in the, in the woods, as most of you know, and it's very scenic and conducive for me to, to meditate. So, now, some of you, it may be in your car driving to work. Uh, my wife also listens to the Bible while she works out or exercises in the morning. Right? That's some way she, time she has input. <clears throat> and then just pre-decide a plan. I gave you one last week. You read a chapter of the Bible five days a week. At the end of the year, you'll finish the New Testament. Right? I read through the whole Bible in a year. Uh, there's all kinds of, uh, on the Bible app, there's all kinds of devotions that you can follow. Just, just pick something and do it. <clears throat> and got to be a priority. It's got to be pre-decided. Otherwise, it's going to be like leftovers. If I've got time at the end of the day, I'll do this. Now, <clears throat> I love leftovers. I eat leftovers all the time. Food leftovers, right? But if you have somebody important coming to your house, how many of you are going to feed them leftovers? Nobody's going to feed them leftovers, right? So Jesus, you, you wouldn't want somebody to feed you leftovers. Or maybe you would. I wouldn't. Um, but I don't think we want to give Jesus our leftovers, do we? So again, I will seek first the one who matters most. I am devoted to Jesus. Now, it's just not this quiet time or time here spent in a church service, worship service. We have a phrase called walking with Jesus. Right? It's a 24-7 thing, right? I'm talking to Jesus on and off all day long. I'm listening to Jesus all day long. Um, most of you know I hike or run, and you know that's what I'm doing most of the time I'm out in the woods, etc. It's interesting when you start adopting this kind of lifestyle. Weird things, weird spiritual things start to happen. I already talked about it a little while ago. Um, where I used to not be very patient, all of a sudden I find I was patient there. How did that happen? Or where I wasn't very generous. All of a sudden, I'm generous without even thinking about it. It was just, just happens. Um, wasn't involved in 
you know, some kind of ministry, and all of a sudden I jump in and, and help, and I say, well, where did that come from? This weird stuff just starts to happen as you stay connected to the vine. God, it becomes your life. One way you and I can think about this is one day, if we get a chance, all of us are going to be on our deathbed, right? With just hours or minutes to live. What are you going to think about? You look back on your life, hoping you're going to say, was that all there is? Was that all there was? Um, maybe regrets, hopefully you take care of those. So you won't be thinking about regrets. The old adage is nobody going to say, oh, I wish I'd spend more time at work, especially instead of with your kids. But what are you going to think about? You're going to say, yeah, that was great. I walked with Jesus and my life had purpose and meaning, and I'm ready to go meet him. Or is it going to be, hey, there's something missing. So, the vine is not optional for the branch. It's not optional, right? So you and I need to pre-decide to be devoted, to be connected, to be abiding, right, in the vine. Your assignment, my assignment, I already said this. I'm going to add this one word. It's easy to be the branch. Just got to stay connected to the source of life. So, something to think about. Next step. Think about a time when you felt closer to God than you do right now. now hopefully some of you are really spot on right now. For most of us, <laughs> we can think of a time, yeah, I was closer to God whenever. How does that time compare to your life right now? Why? Why were you closer then than you are now? So, the result would be, what do you need to change? To begin to feel close to God again. I pray you would take that seriously this week. Let me pray with you and I'll have a final song. Ah, Father God, thank you, thank you, thank you that you are a power source. You are our life. And we have the easy part. We just stay connected and you will live that life through us. You will empower us. You will change us. We will demonstrate love, joy, peace, etc. And we won't have to try and force ourselves to do it. It will be a natural outflow. So God, for most of us, yeah, there have been times when we've been closer to you. So let's take seriously. And that was a good time. But consequently, let's, 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 let's tweak it. Or maybe full-on commit the things that would make it true today and tomorrow and the next day. Continual aspect of our life. Of course, it starts. You've got to start that life. So we pray for anyone. Maybe you're not a Jesus follower. You're checking Jesus out. We pray today was the day you say, yeah, I need that. I need that connection. I need that power source. Jesus says, come. I'll accept you just as you are. You don't change beforehand, you change afterwards because then you have the power to change. So confess your sins. God, I'm a sinner. I'm separated you by my sin. I accept your gift, your gracious gift of salvation through your son Jesus. I say yes, I accept. Come, enter my life and change me. Not just now, but for eternity.
And God will do that if you just ask. Thank you for showing up, God. Hopefully you showed off this morning. Change us. More like your son, Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen.